Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 105 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Sonia Sophia. Sonia lives in Austin, Texas, where she specializes in emotional freedom technique. You may have seen that referred to as EFT. And it's also known as tapping. I'm really excited to learn more about this today. And so welcome, Sonia. Thank you, Jen, for having me here. It's such an honor to be with you. You totally changed my life. So it feels so good to give back. Well, thank you. Thank you. I am really glad to have the the platform and the opportunity to be able to change lives because, you know, fasting changed my life so much that I consider it to be my life's work to teach the world about fasting. I feel for you because I feel the same way about EFT. It changed my life so much. There's the before I learned EFT segment of my life and the 
after I learned the EFT. Oh, yeah, that's how I feel about fasting. Well, that's great. I can't wait to hear more about it because I have to admit, do you listen to the intermittent fasting podcast that I have with Melanie Avalon? I didn't hear it. You, okay. Well, she, no, it's it's um, it's not an episode of this one. It's a whole separate podcast that that we do together. And she talks about tapping every now and then. I think she even had someone on her podcast, the Melanie Avalon podcast, that talked about tapping. But I don't know a lot about it. So I look forward to hearing more today. But before we get into that, I want to start by asking about intermittent fasting. What brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? I started about a year ago. And I think like many people, I was looking for a way to lose weight and to feel better. I was having inflammation issues. I started with doing a lot of working out, doing some Pilates. I've always been a pretty healthy eater. I didn't know that eating little meals throughout the day was really the problem, which is mind-blowing because we've been told that for so long. Absolutely. We have to unlearn that, don't we? Yeah, it's crazy. So I think I, like many people, kind of looked at it from a distance. I listened to the book on airplane flights. Everything you said started to make sense to me. And then I sort of stopped for a while. I got into the Facebook group. I did my research. I watched people's stories. I saw how legitimately grateful they were and how people from all walks of life were changing And then I like slowly snuck up on it. I had to really work with my mind because like you said, there's so much unlearning to do from breakfast is the most important meal of the day to not wanting to go to bed hungry. What I didn't realize is how much of an emotional eater I was. And you'd think that that would be first on my radar. But as a child and as a young adult, I was never overweight. I was always the girl who could eat anything. Fast forward to menopause and perimenopause, and I couldn't oh, eat yeah. everything anymore. <laughs> How old are you now? 52. Okay. Well, we are very close to the same age. I am 50. And actually, the day that this podcast comes out, assuming it comes out on date, July 23rd, I will be 51. But as of the date we're recording it, I am still 50. So we're, we're very similar. So menopause changed a lot of things for you. Yeah, it did. But it didn't change my mindset. And so I slowly started putting on weight. And what was funny is I had reverse body dysmorphia, meaning I thought I was thin. I thought I was hot. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I could eat anything. And uh, but I had to keep buying larger clothes. Did it just happen slowly? Yeah, it happened slowly. And it, you know, until I had to admit that I was an extra large and then an XX large, I couldn't understand that I was larger. I get it because I feel that same way about myself. When I was getting heavier, I knew I was buying bigger clothes. I knew I was overweight. I knew what the scale said, but I didn't see myself in the mirror as large as I really was. And it was a photograph that, that really got my attention. That got my attention as well. And what's interesting for me is that I didn't put on as much weight around my face as I did in the rest of my body. So I could sort of just look at my face and not really see it. But the waistline and the hips and the thighs, and then my feet started hurting, right? Because I had all this extra weight on my feet. So I had terrible foot pain for a while. And so all of this drove me to look for solutions. And what I realized is I could exercise as much as I want, and I still wasn't losing more than five or six pounds. And it was a lot of work. 
And finally, I had to admit that I needed to look at diet. Yeah. You know, because we are so trained to think, well, I'll just bump up my exercise routine. I'll just walk 10,000 steps a day and the weight will melt right off. And that's not what happens. It's not what happened. But when I took fasting seriously, and at first, you know, I just thought about it. And then I started noticing that maybe eating after 11 p.m. wasn't a great idea. And I took that out. And then I noticed that I could easily skip breakfast. And, you know, pretty soon I was doing like the eight hour window and that was working and I was feeling better. Also, my acid indigestion that I was having every night, I was eating Tums before bed. I kept them by my bedside because I was getting acid reflux in the middle of the night and I had no idea what was causing it. But when I had a smaller eating window, that went away. I was like, oh, hey, maybe it has to do with not stuffing myself with food and then laying down. Yeah, I think so. A lot of people find that that happens, you know, as we get older, especially if we lay down with a lot of food, it can cause that reflux. Yeah, it was painful and scary. So I slowly, like most people, just started getting my brain around it. And I have to say it took me probably about a month after I got serious with clean fasting to notice that I wasn't hurting myself because there were a lot of strange responses at first. There was the weird poops, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we want to hear, tell us all about those strange (laughs) responses. Because, you know, sometimes we start off with a podcast, we're like, and then I started and then it was fabulous. And, (laughs) you know, there's, it's not all fabulous at first, is it? Weird poops. It's it's hard. And if it weren't for listening to other people's stories, in this podcast and also in the Facebook group, I wouldn't have understand it. I would have probably thought I was hurting myself. I was getting headaches. So it was, you know, a detox response, a strange taste in the, my mouth and kind of that metallic taste people talk about. Also, I started having kind of bad dreams. And what I realized slowly was that I was detoxing, not just physically, but psychologically too. And that the things that I had been suppressing with food were coming up in my dream time to be worked out. Love that. Yeah, I really love how you said it. I wrote this down early on. You said you slowly snuck up on it when you started fasting. And I actually, those words, they they really, I love the way you described it because you didn't just start off, boom, doing a 1680. Then you just slowly snuck up on it and, and gradually stopped eating later at night. And you started gradually pushing up that first time you would eat during the day. And then, then you were doing it. So there was a lot to deal with psychologically. There's a lot to deal with psychologically. And I, I see that in the group as well. And for me, I think the reason why I had to slowly sneak up on it is because if I couldn't get myself psychologically on board, I knew it wouldn't last. And I saw from reading and listening and watching this is actually something you have to stick to for a while to see results. But once I got my mindset right and I could calm down and let my nervous system know that it was okay, the pounds started coming off and I suddenly dropped 20 pounds. Wow. How, so how long did that take from the beginning of when you say that you really were you know, fasting until it got to the point where the pounds started to come off? I think it took about six months and that wasn't perfect fasting. That was, well, can I really, you know, have my coconut milk in my coffee and can I, oops, I forgot. And then, you know, training myself to be more mindful. 
but I did notice that once I could feel myself losing weight, that was another weird thing. I don't know if you hear other people talk about this too much or not, but it felt like tiny, tiny little bubbles were popping. It was almost as if you're looking at a bubble bath and you see the bubbles kind of popping. I could feel it in my face. I could feel it in my neck. I could feel it in my hands. And it was an awkward feeling. I also felt like I had tons of energy and it was hard to sleep at first. I was getting insomnia and I was like, whoa, this is really intense. So I finally got used to it and trained myself to enjoy that feeling. And then my energy regulated as well. Good. I will say I didn't feel it like that, but I did feel when I was losing fat, I would feel a sensation in various parts of my body that felt itchy. Like I could feel that something was going on in that in that area. And I, I at the time, I just assumed it was like my skin, you know, responding to shrinking. But I did feel it in different I, – I know what you mean, that, that I did have like a sensation like it would be in my belly and then sometimes my arms or my legs. But it always seemed to be the place that I was shrinking. I noticed that too. Yeah. And I kept telling my body, it's like, look, I don't need skinnier hands. <laughs> Go to my, my feet belly. Got smaller. My feet got smaller. They did. I, my I wear feet smaller got shoes. smaller too. Yeah. That's, yeah. That blew my mind. And I've seen that also other people commenting. But yeah, my feet definitely went down and my boots zip up over my calves and my shoes feel looser and easier. Yeah. I actually had to get rid of some of my shoes that I could wear before and then I couldn't wear them. So um, it took six months before you really started seeing the weight loss on the scale. And yeah. then boom, 20 and pounds. Then boom, and then 20 pounds. And then I realized my sweet spot and I closed my window because I was a little bit, I mean, shortened my window because I was more used to it. So then it was a six-hour eating window. And then I just jumped to four. But that took a couple of months of just easing it in. And four hours a day, really one meal a day, because truthfully, if I eat a good meal, I'm not hungry on hour four. So one meal a day turned out to be my sweet spot. I felt like I should have invested in Topo Chico as a stock. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm drinking a San Pellegrino right now, in fact. <laughs> I love the bubbles. Me too. It really helped. And that became my treat. That became my evening snack. I actually felt really proud of myself. And once I mastered that window, I found myself kind of bragging to people. And I see in the Facebook group, some people don't want to talk about it because people react kind of strongly to hearing that. But I would stare people down and be like, I'm eating one meal a day. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Me too. I feel like that too. And if they think I'm crazy, then I'll just, you know, explain to them why. But, you know, it, it does feel great to, to say, nope, I'm not eating right now. I'm fasting. So what time of the day is your, your window? When do you open? Well, what's interesting is that after I got the one meal a day thing, I stopped worrying too much about when it was and just started listening to my body. So at first, I would time it between 11 a.m. and 2 and then I noticed it was better if it was sometime between 1.30 and 4. I tend to feel better if I eat my one meal a day by 5. And I slowly started losing more weight and lost about half a pound a week, maybe a pound a week. So currently, I've lost about 35 pounds. 
Awesome. Yeah, and we're recording this in, gosh, I'm losing track of what day it even is. Um, we're recording this in April, so it's late April. So by the time people hear it, you will be even farther along. But at this point, about 35 pounds by the end of April. And so I think that's a really good rate of loss, about half a pound to a pound a week. And sometimes people want it to be faster, but you know, it is what it is. And there were times where I plateaued and I thought maybe it's not working. And then I looked back at like, well, were you really sticking with your one meal a day? Did you have a longer window? I have the fasting app. I think it was the one that you recommended in your book that your son had developed. Mm -hmm. And tracking my weight probably, you know, once or twice a week weighing myself. Got over the anxiety of not seeing things move, saw an average, it would actually plateau, it might even go up a little, then it would drop. I experienced several wishes where it was suddenly three pounds less. Right. Mine always did that up and then down again. Every time, looking back over the graphs that I have, it always went like up and then down and then up and then down. And I just got used to knowing what that pattern would be. Yeah, but it, it is alarming at first. You think, oh, I... I messed it up. But then I just realized it was more of a mindset and you hear it all the time, more of a way of life. It's like, oh, I feel better. I have more energy. I'm more productive. And I feel more in charge of my life when there's so many things in the external world we can't control. So also I started noticing, like many others, how much better food tastes how much more grateful I am, and what is window-worthy and what isn't. 100%, yes. <laughs> so becoming a lot more epicurean, a lot more careful. And then there are days, you know, when be like, I'm going to have a burger and fries, and this isn't really that window-worthy, but my inner rebel wants it. And I have tomorrow to have something that seems a little more dignified to my window. Yeah, that makes sense. We had a meal a few weeks ago. You know, I love a burger and fries. And so we ordered out because, you know, supporting the local community, you know, through the whole, you know, supporting the restaurants. We ordered out, had the food. It was a burger and fries. I was really looking forward to those fries. They were steak fries, which, you know, those big thick ones I love. By the time they got here from the restaurant, they were not good. It was not window worthy. And I was so sad. I feel that way as well. Like I'm still talking about it. That's that tells you right there. <laughs> you know, it was one bad meal in, you know, months. But it it just, you know, we don't want to waste the experience on food that, that doesn't make us happy. Because like you said, I'm grateful every day for a delicious meal. I also noticed that foods that I really liked before or craved, I stopped craving and I stopped enjoying. And I would give myself permission to have it, you know, in my window but it didn't satisfy me and it didn't make me feel good. So, so much of this, I think, is paying attention and slowing down and savoring and also really noticing what foods make me happy and feel more alive and what don't. That's very true. And recognizing that your tastes are changing and that, gosh, you know, I really wish I had some vegetables instead of these lame steak fries, you know. And <laughs> Right. <laughs> and I, but I like carefully like picked that meal and I'm like, this is going to be so good. I have missed having good steak fries. I guess I still miss having good ones. They just weren't that good. But I really think the me of five years ago would have liked them. Yeah. I experienced that same thing as well. So it's not the fries. It was me. It was all me. I want to hear about tapping. <laughs> How long have you done that? When did you bring that into your life? About 15 years. 
And, you know, similar to you, I made it my life's mission because it helped me with so much stuff. I used to be chronically depressed, like in bed with depression four to six days a week, crying one to three hours a day, extremely sensitive to other people, other people's feelings, other people's energy, sensitive to bright lights, to loud sounds, to loud music. It was hard to live with me. People, I think, felt like they had to walk on eggshells, and I felt like I was being bombarded. I had so much emotional pain and trauma and layers of different types of abuse, and I had done a lot of therapy, so I understood it, but it still wasn't gone. I did a lot of yoga. I did a lot of meditation. Those things were helpful, spiritual practices, and I still was pretty neurotic. And when I learned tapping, I was having a nervous breakdown and a friend of mine who had gone to a little weekend workshop was worried about me because I wasn't answering the phone. I wasn't returning emails. She hadn't seen me. Nobody had seen me in a couple of months. I just gotten over or broken up with a relationship, someone who turned out to be a stalker. My nervous system was shot. Oh gosh. Yeah. That would be terrifying. Yeah. I could barely finish sentences. I would shake. And she came over and said, let me just try this out. I just learned it. And at that point, I was too broken to refuse. So she did some EFT with me. And an hour later, I was laughing and I felt fresh. And I made a deal with her. Uh, I was doing massage at the time. And I said, I'll give you massages if you'll keep working with me. She gave me four more sessions. My entire nervous breakdown was gone. I would say most of it cleared in our first session, which was hard for me to believe. But by the time we did our fourth session, I was thinking, wow, I wish I was smart enough to learn how to do this. It turns out I was. And it makes the brain function better. So a traumatized brain has a hard time making decisions, retaining information, recalling information. And my IQ went up. Get this, my breasts grew. <laughs> now that's a different one that I've not heard before. I love it though, yeah. I'll tell you why. Because okay. in my family, my father had a penchant for large-breasted women and he was addicted to pornography. And so this was the type of porn that was laying around his apartment, open out there in the open. Oh, now that would traumatize me. Yeah, well, it did, especially because I grew up in a Christian household. You knew that you weren't supposed to be seeing that. Yeah, and that that wasn't good. So, there, you know, it was baby pictures on the wall next to, like, you know, the calendar girl. And somewhere in my subconscious, I realized that if I developed into a woman, that I was in danger of being molested or I felt like I would be targeted energetically or possibly physically by my father. So without realizing it, I somehow shut down some of my puberty. I was very flat chested. I looked like a boy. I wanted to be a boy and probably because I needed to feel safe. So as I started doing EFT, just for the things that were bothering me, including not being able to look in the mirror and say, I am a woman, I still felt like a girl, even though I had a teenage daughter and you know, had been a mother for years. And I started clearing those feelings using tapping. And my breast finished developing at age 35. You know, I would have thought that all sounded crazy until I read Dr. Bruce Lipton's The Biology of Belief. Mm -hmm. 
and really understood that our bodies are so much more complicated and they're all intertwined with our our feelings and our thoughts. And there's so much more to it than just what science can show us, you know, in a in a lab or in a textbook. Right. Speaking of science, you're going to love this. There is a new book out called The Science Behind Tapping by PETA, P-E-T-A, Stapleton, Ph.D. And it's the best science behind tapping that's best studies that have been done on it over the last 25 years. And EFT has been studied for 20 years and in 20 major universities all over the world. And they're using it for everything from test anxiety to weight loss, to sexual abuse, to financial stuff, relationship stuff, being able to succeed at goals. And part of why I reached out to you was because I was in this Facebook group and I kept seeing these questions. And most of the intermittent fasting questions are answered expertly either by members or by your supreme moderating team. Yeah, shout out to those amazing moderators because I couldn't do it without them. The, you know, the sheer volume of the posts and they are just an amazing group of women and men that love to give back to the community. They're the best. They're doing a great job and making everyone feel safe and keeping that place really clean and loving, which I very much appreciate. And the questions I didn't see getting answered were questions like, how do I deal with emotions that were buried under the food and now are coming up when fasting? That happened to me. How do I keep myself from binging because I'm upset? Right. How do I deal with my fear of failing IF and stop my self-sabotage? How do I deal with guilt and fear left over from dieting? That's a huge one. So huge. You know, just today, someone posted something that made me so sad, and it was someone who said, I am so upset that I'm eating too much food in my one-hour window, and so much of it is bad food, such as rice. And I'm like, oh, it made my heart break. You know, here's somebody who has shrunk her window down to one hour and is beating herself up emotionally for, you know, bad foods such as rice. And I'm like, rice is not a bad food. And you're right. The emotional part is is the heartbreak. It is. And that's, I think, such a big part of this. And I don't know that everyone gets over it. I think people tend to continue to struggle with that. And sometimes they might give up on IF, which is such a huge thing. I know that my inflammation went down. I'm down to a size medium. I did my face-to-face with this cool little app that I saw in the Facebook group. forget what it's called, but basically it takes your face and it slowly morphs it into another photo of yourself. I've seen people do that. Yeah, that's fun. I've not done it, but it is fun. But I saw other questions like, how do I stay centered and calm when people judge me and aren't supportive or tell me I'm starving myself or ruining my metabolism? You're right. So these are these are all the things that people struggle with and that, you know, we don't have great answers for because I can talk all day about ketosis and autophagy and <laughs> but but the emotional part of it that we're all, you know, struggling with underneath it all. It's huge. Is huge. And and the mindset part, you know, you talked about that at the beginning. You know, having the right mindset really is key because, you know, in the groups, even though we have three hundred and fifty thousand combined members. There are some members that I recognize as 
perennial strugglers that are having a hard time month after month, maybe even year after year, some people that have been around for years and still will pop back up. And it's the same struggle that they wrote about in 2017, and they're still having it. And so giving these people a tool. Right. Tools for changing their mental self-image after being overweight for so long or stop worrying and weighing yourself all the time or binging on junk food during your window or even the simple funny one that we all go through. How do I survive without cream in my coffee? Right, right. Because it feels so comforting to have that creamy coffee and it's like a hug in a mug, right? (laughs) So, you know, talk us through some of the science behind EFT or tapping you know, how does it work? What does it do? What would someone need to know when they're starting off? I wrote down that book, The Science Behind Tapping, because there's someone in my life that I love very much that I think has had a lot of childhood trauma. I mean, I know, I know this person did, and I I struggles with depression. And I think that this could be very beneficial for this person. So I'm going to add that to my reading list, but I want to know, you know, some of the cliff notes, some of the science behind it from you. Sure. Well, tapping turns on neuropeptides in your brain, which boosts your mood, increase your immunity, and enhance your mental cognition. It rewires your brain and helps your body recover really quickly from almost anything. It gives you a lot of strength and emotional resiliency. It's a self-healing tool that combines meridians from acupuncture with gentle percussive tapping on the meridians. And what it does is it helps an electrical current go through these circuits and gives you the ability to rapidly process stored stress in the nervous system. So the body is holding memory. Some of that memory is laid in in, into your limbic system as a child between, you know, zero to age seven to 10 is when your basic program is there. And Bruce Lipton talks a lot about that. He's also a huge fan of tapping, by the way. There's a picture of me and him on my website. Oh my gosh, I love that. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you know Bruce Lipton. I do. And he's a lovely human being. You can tell just from everything, you know, I've, I've read, you know, the biology of belief and I've looked at his website and he looks like a lovely human being, right? Yeah. He's very lovely. Yeah. I've read that book too, and, and he's, a, he's a really good man. So basically what you're doing is you're getting your subconscious to detox from memories and emotions and experiences that are driving you compulsively that may not be on your radar for what your true motivation is. So You can give yourself like years of therapy in a few hours and be done with issues, literally done with issues, which is why it's it's so freeing. It's sort of like what I'm hearing in the Facebook group is saying people like I am done with my food issues, you know, and this gives you the ability to finish and complete and have resolution emotionally and reprogram your brain. So while we're tapping, we're doing three things at once. First, we're tapping on specific acupuncture meridians, which I can talk our listeners through a sample session at the end here. That's fun. We are acknowledging the reality of our experience. We're acknowledging I have a craving or I feel ashamed of myself or I hate my body. We're just acknowledging like it is no sugar coating, no glossing over. This is just the cold, hard truth. 
And the third thing we're doing is we're putting empathy into the mix. We're putting acceptance as much as we can. We're putting compassion into the mix. And that's been the missing ingredient. So the tapping opens up the circuitry. The acknowledging lets you read that file because if before you delete a file on your computer or edit it, you have to A, pull it up, B, read what's there, and C, decide how you want to change it. And then you can resave it and it'll stay changed. And these, this is exactly how the programs in our bodies work. It's not enough just to go to therapy and pull it up and read it and read it and then try to make a new choice because you haven't. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Processed with enough love sometimes, all the feelings and the different aspects of it. But what's cool is that it works really quickly and anything tagged with the same feelings because it came from the same basic foundational problems in your childhood or early romantic experiences, those things start to delete as well. So even if you have, you know, 25 years of eating disorder, If you can get down and scrub out the first early few core memories, like being forced to eat everything on your plate, being left in a high chair to cry until you finish your peas, you know, having someone force you to eat something you didn't like, or someone giving a child, you'll see a lot of people give their babies a bottle or food as the first way to shut them up instead of Maybe they need attention. Maybe they feel bored giving them a candy, you know, suck on a lollipop, be quiet or associating food um, like junk food and love. 
So for example, my father would pick us up for a visit and take us to McDonald's. So junk food and daddy's love became the same thing. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. When you start unraveling these memories and they come out of the body, the behavior on top of them disappears. You don't have to keep stepping over this giant boulder every time you want to get out of the house. Eventually you tap on it. The boulder turns into rocks. The rocks turn into gravel. The gravel turns into dust. The dust blows away. You're done. So it's basically, we've got these, let me see if I can rephrase this in a way. Tell me if I'm right, if I'm understanding it properly. So our brains, you know, we have a lot that going on in our brains at all, all times. I read a Malcolm Gladwell book. I can't remember which one it was where he talked about all the things going on in our subconscious that we're not aware of, but it's processing back there. But all these these programs are going on in our brains all the time without us even being aware. And so we filter everything we're doing through that. We don't even know it's happening some of the time. And by tapping, you actually change the the way these programs in your brain are working so that you can move on. Exactly. And Yay. then it's not a struggle. Okay. Right. Well said. Good. Okay. Well <laughs> you know, putting said. everything I know together from Bruce Lipton to Malcolm Gladwell to just, you know, yeah. everything that I know about how it all how our brains and our subconscious mind work. And um, you know, we all know that we're we're only con- our conscious mind, what we are aware of is so tiny. It's like the tip of the iceberg, the part that we are aware, you know, we're filtering out all these these inputs and we're ignoring things, but but our subconscious is doing a lot of work back there. You know, another great resource for people like you and me who are super geeky about these things is a show on Amazon Prime called Rewired by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Okay. I, I haven't seen that. I'm a fan of his. I haven't seen his show. Rewired? Rewired. I'm a super fan of his, and he really, really does the best job of breaking down the neuroscience. Okay. And he has people do these meditations to help heal themselves. I believe that if he added some EFT to that, it would go even more quickly because basically you're having to rewire your brain, but you're rewriting on top of the old program. Eventually, if you do it enough, it'll stick. But if you just go in and erase the old program, you can rewire the new program much more quickly and it will stick because it's the only thing there. Wow. That's just so exciting. All right. I'm going to watch that. I'm (laughs) going to get this book, The Science Behind Tapping. I really am interested in it and and not just for myself, like I said, but for for my loved one who struggles. I think this could be life-changing. Yeah. And what's cool too is it's super simple. So you can work with kids, you can, you know, work with young adults. My youngest tapping client was two years old. And you can teach them to even, you know, tap on their dolly because the dolly is having a bad dream because the dolly's afraid of monsters. And because of mirror neurons, in other words, I see myself as the doll. They will actually clear their issues by helping their doll recover. I can remember as a as a teacher years ago, I went to a brain based learning conference and they talked about I don't know tapping. We they were this just popped up in my my memory like tapping right in the center of your forehead, teaching kids to do that right before they took a test. Mm-hmm. That's one of the tapping points. It's right actually, in the center of your forehead. Well, it's on your eyebrow where your eyebrow starts. Would you like to do a little tapping? 
Yes. I'm kind of excited. But I just remember this was a brain-based learning conference. And, you know, we were all teachers, educators, and there were, you know, scientists there leading the um, – it was in San Diego. I flew all the way to San Diego. It was awesome. I just remember something about, you know, waking up the brain. And I took it back, and I didn't know what I was doing. But I'm like, all right, kids, before the test, let's tap on our brains. I mean, wake it up. <laughs> It really does. As a matter of fact, people do use EFT to accelerate their learning. So I had a client who had had a terrible drug addiction, had been sexually abused from the time she was a child. She came to me for panic attacks and to get off of methamphetamines. Oh my gosh. Uh huh. Needless to say, she's an amazing EFT practitioner now. <laughs> <laughs> and is helping other people through similar problems. But one of the things that she had a hard time doing was learning because as a child, she was being abused and she didn't do well in school. So when she was going back to school, she used EFT to tap on her meridians while she was reading and learning. And then she would tap on her body while she was taking a test and all that memory was right there. So she had perfect recall and started getting A's from being like an F to a D student. Wow, that's powerful. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, the coldest case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx Service Guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. All right, so, so teach us about it. Okay. Well, I thought for this podcast, it might be really fun to do one on cravings, but there are a million ways that you can use this. And I just, you know, I encourage you to all really explore and see what you can do with this. Okay. First of all, take your hands, find your collarbones and drop down from the front of your collarbone about four to six inches and press around in the top of the chest to see if you can find a tender spot or a sore spot in the upper pectoral region, upper breast tissue. All right. Oh, I found one Yeah, on both mm -hmm. sides. Yeah. Got yep. it. Okay, great. And you give that a light massage, gentle pressure, big, deep breaths and release it with a little sigh. Nice, relaxed, open jaw. And why that's important is because all of this trapped energy in your body has to come out somewhere. 
And if you're having a lot of emotional stuff, we know that you can put things in your mouth. And this is how to take things out of your body from your mouth with your breath. So as we tap, you might have off-gassing of stored stress from the nervous system that could be yawning, burping, laughing, crying, tingling, feeling semi-psychedelic for a minute because your neurons are pulling apart and reforming. All of these things are normal, even having to like get up and use the bathroom. So whatever your body needs to do to process, that is a normal part of this experience. We're just giving it an opportunity to fast forward. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that. Okay, so you're massaging the sore spot in the front of your chest, and this sets the brain up for success. The right side of the chest connects to the left side of the brain. The left side of the chest connects to the right side of the brain. And what we're doing here is telling your body, yes, I would like both hemispheres of my brain to be online and to connect with each other, my logic and my feelings. Okay? All right. Now we're going to find our eyebrows. So right at the beginning of your eyebrow, right where it starts, I want you to gently On the tap. middle part or the outside part? The beginning of your eyebrow. So it's not in the middle of your forehead. It's not your third eye, but it's to the side on the eyebrow itself. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're gently tapping there with one or two hands. You can do both of them at the same time. Gently tapping there. And now we're going to address the issue. So I'm going to say this issue. And if you, Jen, or people listening to this don't feel like they have cravings anymore, they can use something else in the this issue section. So it's kind of like Mad Libs. You're going to all fill it in for yourself. Begin to tap and take a deep breath and say, even though I have this issue. Do you want me to say it or just say it in my head? I think let's have you go ahead and say it just to let people hear what that's like. Okay. Even though I have this issue with food. Even though I have this issue with food. And think about what your specific issue that you want to work on with food is. Okay. And ask yourself from 1 to 10, how intense is that issue for you? All right. I'm going to pick one that's a 10. Oh, wow. She's, she's <laughs> super brave. Sure, why not? Great. Slide down your eyebrows to the temples. Tapping at the edge of the eye socket on the temples. Big, deep breath. I want you to think about that issue you have with food. All right. Slide down the temples to the front of the cheekbones where your cheeks stick out the most in front. This issue. So just repeat after me. This issue. This issue. Great. And see, every time we say this issue, what's happening is your brain is Googling for that issue. Okay. So tapping under the nose and above the lips. This issue started. This issue started. And then think about when that issue started for you. Big, deep breath and sigh. <sighs> Tapping under the lips, on the chin, even though I have this issue with food. Even though I have this issue with food. And it's bothered me for a long time. And it's bothered me for a long time. I'm open to loving and accepting myself. I'm open to loving and accepting myself. Big, deep breath. Now you're going to drop down to the front of the chest, tapping with one or two hands, tapping in a circle all over your chest. Tons of meridian points there. This issue with food. This issue with food. 
Started back when I was how old? Started back when I was hmm, 17. Mm-hmm. Big deep breath. Now tapping down to the front of the ribs, bottom of the rib cage, where your ribs jet out the most in front. For some of us, we have to kind of lift our boobs up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't anymore. Thanks for fasting. (laughs) Right? I'm open to loving and accepting myself. I'm open to loving and accepting myself. Even though? Even though? At that age, I was really struggling. At that age, I was really struggling. I was feeling, how were you feeling at that age? Oh, gosh. I was feeling just alone, confused. Mm -hmm. Where do I belong? Right. So now I want you to tap the side of your rib cage. If you were wearing a bra, it's where your bra strap goes across, nipple height, side seam of the body. You can use the back of your knuckles or you can cross your arms like a hug and do it. So everyone listening, I want you to tap the side of your ribs, thinking about when your issue started, how old you were, and what was going on, and just acknowledge those feelings. And for Jen, I'm going to say, even though I was feeling alone, even though I was feeling alone, and not sure where I belonged, and not sure where I belonged, and food became my focus, and food became my focus, I'm open to loving and accepting myself. I'm open to loving and accepting myself. Exactly as I was. Exactly as I was. Big deep breath, and I want you to send that young woman some love. Sending her compassion and empathy for being a scared young person who didn't feel connected, didn't feel like she belonged. Now, flip your hand towards the sky, and look down at your wrist and tap your wrist bone. That's on the pinky side of the inside of your wrist. If you move your wrist up and down, you'll feel that little bone popping up and down. I give myself. I give myself. Permission. Permission. To finally heal what happened. To finally heal what happened. Big deep breath. Now put your hand like you're going to karate chop something. Tap the side of your thumbnail at the tip of your thumb. What were you needing back then? Like really, what was I needing? Yeah. You know, I was needing community. Mm -hmm. And to feel like I was, I don't know, accepted for who I was. Okay. Tapping the index finger in the same place, side of the fingernail, tip of the finger. I was needing community. I was needing community. To feel accepted. To feel accepted. For who I was. For who I was. Tap the middle finger in the same place. We're just going to stair step down. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to fit in. And to belong. And to belong. Big deep breath. And somehow this led me to food. And somehow this led me to food. Now we're going to tap the bottom of the fourth finger. We're going to flip sides. So it's the side of your ring finger that is closest to your little finger. Okay. Just tapping and breathing and sending love to this teenage girl that really wanted to be included, really wanted to be accepted for exactly who she was. And I want you to be her her best mama, her best friend. 
and send her that I'm with you. You're with me. You totally fit here. I get you. All right. Now tap the little finger back to the original edge. So if you stick your little finger out and your hands in the karate chop position, that edge is the edge that faces the sky. All right. And tapping there, and each one of these points does something else. This happens to be a heart point that we're tapping on right now. Sending that young girl who turned to food because she felt lonely. Sending her comfort and letting her know that, as a matter of fact, she fits in so well that she's got 350,000 <laughs> followers saying, yeah. I feel you, I get you, I accept you, I love you, you are a part of my life. That she creates a home for people who feel out of place, who felt rejected, who felt lonely, who felt unlovable. Letting her know that her life turns out to be a huge blessing and a sanctuary for so many of us. Tapping the bottom side of your hand. Like around the wrist, kind of? The karate chop point. So that's where your hand would land a karate chop. Okay. The fleshy part of the side of your hand. Just tapping there. This is a colon point. Big, deep breath. I want you to think about this issue that we were just discussing at the beginning. This issue. This issue. Tune in to the emotional intensity and see if you can still feel it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you could feel it a few minutes ago. You said it was a 10. (laughs) (laughs) Where's that big old issue? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Okay, this is just so very interesting. Yeah. It's a little weird to suddenly be like, this has bothered me my whole life. How could tapping on my hand and talking to myself do anything? But what you just did, Jen, is we found the file, we put a lot of love there, and it rectified itself. Well, that, okay, now I'm going to have to just see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny, all these different points, because I have some books like Reflexology, you know, um, Pressure Points, like on the feet and the hands, and, you know, I, I definitely believe in all of that. and you know, our bodies are energetic pathways. So I can't wait to learn more about tapping. So now I'm, you know, Melanie talked about it on the podcast, like I said, and I think I'm ready to dig in. I'm excited. Well, I hope everyone here is ready to dig in because my heart has just been going out to you all and saying, hey, hey, I know what to do. Come hang out with me. So I want to invite you all to come to the World Tapping Circle. So I do a weekly broadcast. It's a video broadcast. I do an hour tapping session. They're all plug and play like this. You can tap on any issue. They're very open topics. You can find that at worldtappingcircle.com. And I'll give Jen the link so she can put that here with this podcast. And you can try this out for yourself. And I hope that you start with something like, how do I keep from giving up on myself? You know, trusting this process and looking at, you know, those issues. But there's so many things that you can work out with this. And what's cool is that video is recorded. It's sent to you if you miss it. 
and it's uploaded into a video library where I literally have hundreds of these already done because I've been broadcasting for six years. Well, perfect, because I think a lot of people may have heard about it here and there, but they don't really know what to do. Or I'm really interested in, like like you said before, the science behind tapping the book. So I'm interested in, in taking a look at that because I like to know you know, the science behind it. Just like with Bruce Lipton and someone who's hearing about this for the first time might be like, well, that sounds really crazy. And Jen, why are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, you know, you know, Bruce Lipton taught at a medical school and was a complete hard scientist who only believed in, you know, quote, the science and none of the woo-woo. And the, um, he learned about the woo-woo and he was like, oh, (laughs) you know, and, and nothing makes me happier than reading about a hard scientist who embraces, you know, the other side of things, the woo-woo. So I agree. As a matter of fact, there is a great video on YouTube about Bruce Lipton talking about EFT. So if you Google Bruce Lipton on EFT, he did a piece in 2011 for the World Tapping Summit. Okay. He talks about how you're reprogramming your subconscious with EFT I actually use this video in my online training because I train practitioners as well and do private sessions. So if anybody wants to know more about that, you can go to soniasophia.us, S-O-N-Y-A-S-O-P-H-I-A.us.us and find out about online trainings and different courses I offer. But this piece that Bruce Lipton has on YouTube, Bruce Lipton on EFT, is stunning. And that's in my my curriculum. Okay. Well, I'm going to take a look at that. I'll, I'll start there. But honestly, he's just, he's a brilliant man. And, um, you know, from someone to make the shift to realizing we're more than just, you know, cells and blood vessels. And, you know, we're more than just our physical parts put together. Right. Well, one of Bruce's main tenants is that the cells behave like little people. They have receptor sites on the outside and they're looking for information in the form of chemicals. Those chemicals are created in your brain. There's a gland called the hypothalamus in the top of the brain. And every time you have a perception of reality, it sends a chemical cocktail in 0.5 seconds into your blood. And your blood picks up that information takes it to the cells and tells your cells how to behave. If your body is in a stress response because you think someone doesn't like you or you think that you're going to get sick or you think that you're not good enough, the cell gets that information and contracts and goes into kind of a fight or flight mode and it can't take in nutrients. It doesn't eliminate toxins and it doesn't reproduce. So it's, it makes you age because what keeps you from aging so quickly is new cells reproducing at the same rate as the cells are dying. And that slows down your aging process, right? But if, you're, if your cells are dying and you're not making new ones and the cells you do have are toxic and aren't able to take in nutrients, then basically we're causing disease. And the disease is made from dis-ease, meaning I'm uncomfortable somewhere either because I actually am under attack or I think I'm under attack or I've been under attack so much that now I see everything as kind of a threat and I've learned to attack myself in my own head. So that's why it physically can change your body. So people work on chronic pain with EFT. I've seen people heal all kinds of 
disorders and physical malfunctions because they started cleaning out the underlying stress. And so when I came to the IF stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is the simplest thing you can do for the physical rejuvenation of your body. And I happen to believe that EFT is the simplest thing you can do for the rejuvenation of your mind and your emotions and basically to get you connected back to love, you know? I love it. Yep. Love. Yep. Now we are almost out of time. So what would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting? Jump on the tapping circle and experiment for yourself with how you can get your mindset up to speed to be able to go the distance. Because I promise you, if you can get your mind around this, you can succeed in losing inches, dropping weight, feeling better, and have that rosy glow that you've always been wanting. And I trust this process. I love you, Jen. I'm so inspired to you know, bring these two things together. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And I am really excited to start exploring some of these resources. And people, if you are listening and you're like, hey, this is different, I want you to, you know, look for that Bruce Lipton video. You know, he's he's a great guy and he's a hard scientist turned woo-woo and that is enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> there's well, so much we don't know. That's the thing. You know, our, our, there's so much and we're, you know, to have the open mind and to, to embrace these ideas. Well, it's all consciousness, you know, and consciousness responds to love and our bodies respond to love. So I thank you so much for what you're doing for all of us and look forward to sharing with you in the future and seeing so many of you come and tap with me in the tapping circle. Well, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.